first reading is Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, which can be found on page 1181. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God for this reading. A gospel reading is from the Gospel of St. Matthew. If you have a church Bible, <clears throat> page 971, Matthew chapter 6, commencing at verse 24 to the end of the chapter on page 971. <clears throat> No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour, to your life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the Gospel of Christ. Good morning. It's great to be together. Shall we pray before we come to look at this word together this morning? Father God, thank you for this new day. Thank you that we can gather here before you this morning. And I pray as we come to look at your word together now, by your spirit, you're speaking to our hearts. 
the things that you have to say to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we're carrying on with our series of Christian life and work. And the theme that I was given this morning, probably because Tim's away for a few days, having a few days off, is handling pressure. (laughs) Perhaps it was very apt the week that Tim goes away. And this morning we're going to think about what the pressures are that we face and what does the Bible say about those pressure or worries. We have already haven't considered in this series who it is that we work for, why it is we work. And a couple of weeks ago, I thought about opportunities we have to, in the workplace to do ministry, ministry being love in action. And we considered how ministries for individuals, it meets needs, it looks for the opportunities that God gives us, and it's not demanded, but freely given. And so today we come to look at that whole topic of handling pressure. How do we identify and deal with pressures at work? The Gospel reading from Matthew 6 that we had this morning, if you look in the Bible, it had that heading, Do not worry, as we heard those words from Jesus. But at times that can be easier said than done. Pressure comes at us in many different types of ways and different forms in all kinds of jobs. Sometimes when we find ourselves under pressure, it can affect the way that we sleep with those worries constantly on our minds. It can affect the way we eat, our relationship with those closest to us as they see the pressure that we're under and what it's doing to us. So as I said, this morning we're going to look at some of those ways in which pressure comes at us. And then using those two passages we had, look at the ways in which we can deal with that pressure. I think although this series is about Christian life and work, the passage from Philippians 4, 6-7 can help us to think about those things that make us anxious, that give us worry, how we can bring, begin to bring Jesus into that situation. So firstly, we're going to think about where do pressures come from. And Mark Green, some of the person who writes some of this material for this series, who's head of the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, points to four areas in life in which pressure can come from. Firstly, he talks about this pressure in the work that we do. When we're offered at work, we can find ourselves subject to pressure from many different ways. Firstly, time pressure, trying to fit everything into the time that we work within. More demands come upon us, and we find pressure fitting it all in. Sometimes it can come from colleagues, some of the relationships that we're in. We find pressure there. Sometimes it's the deadlines. How often have you heard, can you have that done by next week? And you say yes, and then you stand back and look at the diary and think, where on earth am I going to fit that all in? Or then a series of unexpected events kick off that week, which makes meeting that deadline more and more pressurized. Then there's the ethical dilemmas, when sometimes we're asked at work to do something which we find difficult to carry out, perhaps because it's not honest, it's ethically not right, and that can put us under pressure too. Or finally, unreasonable or unclear expectations. Sometimes the demands put on us are just too much. They're above and beyond what's expected of us. And we find ourselves under immense pressure to carry them out. So there's pressure for the work that we do. Secondly, there's pressure that we put on ourselves. Again, that can come about through a range of different things. Firstly, the decisions we make about our lifestyle. 
Pressure for what we choose to eat, how much sleep we get, our diet, our exercise. You know, not giving ourselves enough sleep means that we can start the day tired and irritable. And then we have more pressure to find the energy just simply to get through the day. So the decisions about managing finances. Sometimes we find ourselves where we're struggling to pay the bills or pressures in our finances. So then we have the pressure to keep working in order to face that financial situation. Another pressure we can put on ourselves, a pressure for promotion. Not wanting to be left behind at work. Desperate to work our way up through those structures. And so that pressure again. And then finally, not forgiving others, not dealing with anger, or not forgiving ourselves. Think about the way in which we interact with others, our relationship with others. If our bosses or colleagues' works and actions affect our relationship with them, do we forgive them? Do we deal with it? And not dealing with it can put pressure on the situation at work. Then there's the pressure our work puts onto other areas of our lives. And the danger is that if we're too much work, it could put pressure on all the other areas of our lives. And being under pressure from too much work can mean there's no energy or for anything else. Sometimes when we work those long hours, we return home later, more irritable, with less creative energy or time to spend with others or the family. And the final one that he points to is pressure from living in a fallen world. There is the reality, isn't there, that we live in a fallen and sinful world. We do sinful things. People around us do sinful things. And that can cause us pressure. I mentioned a little bit earlier about honesty in the workplace and those ethical dilemmas. All those things can come from living in a fallen world. So there's four areas where pressure and sometimes that anxiety can come from. You can probably think of other ways and other things too. But I want to turn now to look at the passages we've had this morning. What does Paul have to say about dealing and coping with these pressures and anxieties? So let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. What does Paul say? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want to look at four things that come out particularly from this passage. And I think the first thing that is really important about this passage is that Paul starts by recognizing that the reality is we get anxious. The reality is that we do worry. Paul says, doesn't he, don't be anxious about anything. Because he recognizes around him that he had people who had things that they were worrying about. Worrying and anxiety is a natural thing. Jesus, in our Matthew reading, was also speaking to a group of people who were worrying about money and life and eating and drinking and clothes. And Jesus, I don't think, says those things don't matter. They do matter, but that we shouldn't worry about them. I think as Christians, we could often think it's wrong to be worrying. This is my page. But it is it's a natural human thing. Look at some of those psalms where David wrestles with his worries and concerns. And Job, we see Job asking wrestling questions of God, what on earth is going on? I think the danger is that if we let our worries become our focus, then we feel like there's no way out. As Christians, we have to find a way, we have a way to find the solution. And that's what both Paul and Jesus are talking about. How do we manage those worries? 
So the reality is we get anxious. But secondly, we need to make prayer the priority. When, there's, when we do worry, there's one priority, and that's prayer. We find ourselves in worrying times. It's not about rushing out in action, trying to solve it. But what does Paul say? In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It's not about action, but turning to God in prayer for every situation. It can be easy sometimes at a time of worry and anxiety to keep that worry inside, to retreat into a corner and to keep the problem to ourselves and to bottle the worry and anxiety up. And then what happens? Well, the worry simply grows. And Paul's saying here, in every situation, give it to God. Present it to God. He should be the priority in these times. And also notice that part that I've put in bold, that first phrase, is in every situation. It's not about, well, we won't tell God because I don't think that part is really very, very important. If it's important to us, then it's important to God. Jesus, in our passage from Matthew, says, by worrying, it doesn't make things better. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Worrying doesn't increase our time. It often does completely the opposite, doesn't it? It takes our time away. But what does Jesus say? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's in verse 33. Jesus says, turn to God in those moments of anxiety and worry. Just like Paul says, leave those things to God. And when we turn to God in prayer, thirdly, we have to have that prayer demands trust. We need to trust that God will answer. Look at how Paul says we should present our request to God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be a way in which we present our things to God. We can pray to God without trusting him. We often see people, can't we, with no faith who cry out to God in a desperate situation, but they don't always trust that God will respond. We can only present things to God in thanksgiving out of a trust in the one in whom we know is going to provide. We've already sung this morning, as Sue pointed out, the love that never gives up, the God who keeps all his promises. We need to trust in the one who will answer. Out of thanksgiving, we pray to the one who's in control, who will meet our needs. What does Jesus say in Matthew? Seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek God and his faithfulness when we pray, and he will answer our prayers. It's important to remember that when God answers prayers, it may not always be in the way that we expect, but we trust that he will answer. For us as a church, this future of this building has and is still providing worries. And we meet on the 24th, for the gift day, do please note the times because the times of that day have slightly changed. But over the last couple of weeks, it's been great to see, since Tim stood here and said it would be good to have some times of prayer, it's been good to see the church meeting in the midst of that worry to pray. And many of those prayers have started with a sense of thanksgiving, 
Thanksgiving for the one who has been faithful in the past, who was good enough to let us have this building in the beginning, and will accomplish his purpose to us again. Just simply looking across this morning, as I sat across and looked at that board, some of the things, it says we need to thank God for what he's going to do. That whole sense of thankfulness is there on the heart. So in the midst of time of worry, See, it sounds hard, doesn't it? Giving praise and thanks to God amidst the worries and anxieties of life. It's what we sometimes sing, isn't it, in that hymn, Blessed Be Your Name. Blessed be your name on the roads marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. It's important to praise and give thanks to God in the good times, but also in the worrying times when there's worry going on in our lives too. And we can do that because God... It's the one in whom we can trust. We can trust in the one who will answer our prayers. Looking at the Old Testament, we can see situations in which people stepped out, trusting that God would answer them in their situation. Look at Daniel. There we are, Daniel chapter 3. And we see Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego about to be thrown into the fiery furnace for not worshipping the gods of King Nebuchadnezzar. And he say this, if we're going to be thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hands, O king. So he throws them in. The king does put them into the fires and they survive. And when the king pulls them out, what speaks to them? Well, the king says, it responds by saying this to them. They trusted in God and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other gods except their own. So in the midst of their difficulty, the difficult situation, the worrying time those three men found, they demonstrated that they trusted God, the one who can and will answer prayer. So the reality is that we worry and we get anxious. And instead of that action and doing something about it, we should turn to God in prayer, trusting the one who is faithful and will answer our prayer. But finally, if we look again at that passage in Philippians, it contains a promise. A promise that says this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The promise is God will give us his peace. This is a peace which is unlike that of the world. A peace that's not fragile and breakable. It's more than just a feeling. It's a state inside that comes about from that relationship with God. The New Testament word for peace often comes from the idea of shalom or peace in the Old Testament. A state of wholeness as well as an upward peace with God. A peace that we will not be able to understand. It's beyond our understanding. Many in the world, don't they, work towards trying to find peace. They think if we work hard enough, we'll simply find peace and happiness. But we find that peace, that true state of peace, from knowing the God of peace, as it says in Philippians 4, verse 9. What does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. By walking in step with Jesus, by seeking him and deepening our relationship with him, through prayer in all circumstances, we will find that peace. And what will that peace do? 
Well, there's that second part of that verse there in Philippians 4, verse 7 says, It will guard our hearts and minds. By being in this state of knowing the God of peace, it will guard us to our hearts and our minds in the midst of this worry and anxiety. And I think being able to live in that peace, in the midst of concerning times, shows something to those around us. We talked about witnessing in the workplace last time, being someone who prays and seeks God in the midst of worrying times is a witness to others in the workplace. It shows that sense of peace in the midst of worry which God can bring. And it's a witness to those around us. So handling pressure. Pressure can come from all different areas. It comes from the work that we do. It can come from ourselves, from the expectations we put on ourselves, from the work affecting the rest of our lives, from living in a fallen world. Those are the areas of pressure that can often produce worries and anxieties. But this morning, Paul showed us how we can deal with it by recognizing the reality that anxiety is natural, by making prayer the priority, not just in actions trying to solve it, but going out in prayer, by prayer demanding trust, trust in the one who will answer our prayers. And if we turn to God in prayer and through relationship him, with him, God will give us that peace, that peace of under, that is beyond understanding. It's important, though, isn't it, to remember, as we can finish, we don't face those pressures alone. Instead of backing ourselves into a corner, we bring them to God. It's a natural thing. We should share and bring our worries to each other. As a community here, we can pray and support for each other through the things that we are facing. So this day... We may long for the peace that passes all understanding, that peace of really knowing God. And we come to the table this morning to take bread and wine, coming before the cross of Jesus. That's the place where we can leave our worries. I often like to, in preparing, often to look at various versions just to read the scriptures in various different ways, just to get me a, a fresh look. And as I was preparing and looking at some of the passages for this morning, uh, I came across what Eugene Peterson did with Matthew chapter 28, verse 11, where he puts Jesus' words like this. Are you tired, worn out? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. So as we come to the table this morning, let's rest in the presence of Jesus, the one who will help us to show those rhythms of life. Let's come to him and ask for that peace that passes understanding, the peace that comes from knowing him. Amen.